Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome, and muy bienvenidos to episode number 106 of Mexico Unexplained, where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm your host, Robert Bito. It was a hot and steamy day in the Yucatan. The date was July 12th. 1562. In front of the monastery of San Miguel Arcangel, in the center of the Maya town of Mani, a Franciscan friar named Diego de Landa was about to perform a great auto de fe, a ceremony commonly used in the Spanish Inquisition to punish heretics. But in this ceremony, there were to be no people burned at the stake. Instead, in front of the freshly painted orange building, which had only been built 13 years earlier by the Spanish, from the stones of nearby Maya ruins, there was a massive pile of assorted artifacts. Among the 5,000 or so pieces, mostly what were described as wooden idols, were dozens of bark paper books. These books, also called codices, were passed down through the centuries among the Maya elite and priestly classes. Beautifully illustrated, they were made of either bark paper or deer hide and contained historical accounts, astronomical observations, and sacred instructions for the Maya priests. Diego de Landa could not read the books, and there were very few Maya left who could but he knew that they had to be destroyed along with the physical remnants of the old Maya religion that were on the pile in front of the monastery, waiting to be torched. The Franciscan would later recall the event with specific reference to the Maya codices. Years later in Spain, Delando would say, quote, These people also made use of certain characters or letters with which they wrote in their books their ancient matters, and their sciences. And by these, and by drawings, and by certain signs in these drawings, they understood their affairs and made others understand them and taught them. We found a large number of books in these characters, and as they contained nothing in which there were not to be seen superstition and lies of the devil, we burned them all, which they regretted to an amazing degree, and which caused them much affliction. End quote. Today, many Maya scholars and students of history liken Delanda's acts to the burning of the Library of Alexandria. It is unknown what ancient knowledge was forever lost on that massive cultural funeral pyre on that hot summer day in 1562. What would motivate a man to engage in such cultural destruction? Diego de Lando was born in the small town of Cifuentes in central Spain in November of 1524. He became a Franciscan monk in 1541 at the age of 17. Eight years later, de Lando was sent to the Yucatan as part of one of the first contingents of Catholic clergy to enter the newly conquered territory. At the time of his arrival, Christianity had been adopted by most of the indigenous population of the Yucatan, 
although rumors of human sacrifice and use of magic and sorcery pervaded the region. The young and enthusiastic Delanda was assigned to the mission of San Antonio at Isamal and was appointed assistant to the guardian of the mission. Besides a brief stint in Guatemala, Diego Delanda rose through the Franciscan hierarchy in the Yucatan, and by September of 1561, Delanda was elected as the first ministro provincial and first definidor of the new Franciscan province of San Jose de Yucatan y Guatemala. From what is known, Delanda approached all of his tasks with zeal and invoked the full authority his various offices commanded. So when accusations of idolatry and a return to the worship of the old Maya gods began to surface in the spring of 1562 in and around the town of Mani, Delanda began an inquisition gathering information and physical evidence to make the case that the people under his ecclesiastical control had strayed away from the Catholic Church. While many examples of the auto de fe in the Spanish Inquisition included people being burned at the stake, Delanda thought it more fitting to erase all evidence of physical culture that would connect the Maya to their ancient past. The Maya elites and commoners alike protested the massive destruction of their religious carvings and their sacred books, and the harsh treatment of those allegedly involved in the practicing of the ancient rituals and those who kept hidden caches of idol secret. As a method of interrogation, Delanda and the Inquisitors subjected those being examined to a practice known as hoisting, in hoisting, a victim's bound hands were pulled above their heads until their body hung suspended off the ground. Oftentimes, the victim was weighted down with heavy stones or lashed with a whip in order to obtain more information. As word spread about what had happened in Mani, Delanda's actions garnered special attention from other religious and civilian authorities throughout the Spanish territories. Decades before, Crown Fiat had exempted the indigenous peoples of the New World from the Spanish Inquisition because, as it was reasoned, the Indians' knowledge and understanding of Christianity was, quote, too childish, and thus they were not to be held responsible for their own heresies and blasphemy. Delanda also refused to follow certain strict Inquisition protocols, including creating the proper documentation connected with the interrogation process. The emergency measures were justified, Delanda later claimed, because there existed a simmering movement throughout the Yucatan, which sought to take away religious authority from the Christians and reestablish a pagan way of life, including a return to the rule of the Maya kings. The month after Delanda's book burning, the Yucatan got a new bishop, a man named Francisco Toral. Delanda's reputation had preceded him, and the new bishop knew he had to deal with Delanda or face discontent and possible unrest in his new bishopric. Bishop Toral called for Delanda's resignation, which then prompted the Franciscan friar to go to Mexico City to present his grievances to the church and civil authorities there. While Delanda was in Mexico City, 
Bishop Toral dispatched orders to the authorities in central Mexico and the Yucatan, demanding that Diego de Landa and the other friars who participated in the Mani Inquisition be sent to Spain to face judgment for their actions before the Council of the Indies. It took de Landa 18 months to reach Spain, having been delayed by serious illness and a shipwreck. After almost four years of deliberation and changing jurisdictions, the Council of the Indies eventually handed Delanda off to the highest Franciscan authority in Castile. He was acquitted of all charges and exonerated of all wrongdoing in January of 1569. Not only that, on April 30, 1572, the Spanish king, Philip II, made Diego de Landa the new bishop of the Yucatan, after the death of his bitter rival, Bishop Francisco Toral. Diego de Landa promptly returned to the New World to assume his new position of power, and died almost exactly seven years later, on April 29, 1579, in the city of Merida, at the age of 54. Although he thought he had gathered all of the ancient Maya books in his jurisdiction, Delanda missed a few, perhaps those that had already managed to get to Europe. There are three codices that have been accepted as authentic, and fragments of others found by archaeologists over the years, and rumors of others and several fakes. The three known Maya codices surviving to this day include the Madrid Codex, the Paris Codex, and the Dresden Codex. The National Archaeological Museum of Spain acquired the Madrid Codex from a collector in 1872. The book was originally called the Cortesianus Codex because it had been believed that the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés brought it back from Mexico in the mid-1500s. The Madrid Codex may date to as early as 1250 A.D., and because of its stylistic variety, it was possible that it was authored by eight or nine different people, members of the priestly class who were also scribes. The Codex features astronomical tables, almanacs, and horoscope material, and it is theorized that it was used to help aid priests in divination. The Paris Codex was acquired by the Imperial Library of France in 1832, it was neglected for a few decades before it underwent serious study and is said to contain the Maya zodiac and predictions for the future. Of the three known codices, the Paris Codex is in the worst condition. It dates back to the early post-classic period of Maya history and may have been created as early as 900 AD. Some theorize that it may be a copy of an earlier work made during the apex of Maya civilization centuries before. The Dresden Codex is the most detailed and the largest of the ancient Mayan codices. It is screen-folded, much like an accordion, and contains 39 pages written on both sides. It contains a vast almanac of information about religious rituals, in addition to having very detailed astronomical data, including what has been called the Venus Tables, and information about eclipses. The Dresden Codex dates to around the year 1250 AD. Because of its detail and quantity of information, the study of this codex played an instrumental role in deciphering the Maya script, 
For further information about the Maya writing system, please see Mexico Unexplained episode number 16. As mentioned before, there have been fragments of Maya codices found at archaeological sites throughout Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and Belize. There have even been large clumps of calcified organic material discovered that scientists believe may be codices, but the technology doesn't exist yet to open the books to see what might be inside. While the great Maya book burning may be considered the greatest loss of ancient knowledge of the peoples of Mesoamerica, it is quite ironic that the person who created so much destruction of knowledge is also credited as being the greatest chronicler of the Maya and the one who can be credited with most of what we know today about the indigenous people of the Yucatan at the time of the conquest and immediately before. While awaiting his judgment in Spain, Diego de Landa wrote a book called Relación de las Cosas de Yucatán, or in English, Reference of the Things of the Yucatán, in which he described in great detail the daily life, customs, and beliefs of the Maya people he ministered to. Like many early members of the clergy in the New World, Delando wanted to understand the people of his jurisdiction the best he could, so he observed things much like a cultural anthropologist would and took meticulous notes. He chronicled everything from the months and festivals of the Maya calendar to the significance of jewelry to Mayan women to native military organization of the region to genealogies of prominent Maya families. Some scholars believe that 90% of what we know of the post-classic and colonial era Maya comes from Delanda's Relacion. In spite of whatever accolades Delanda may get for his keen anthropological eye and his attention to detail, we will never know what was destroyed in the great Maya book burning of 1562. The loss to Mexico and to the rest of the world is unmeasurable. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends by sharing these shows with others. Please go to our website, MexicoUnexplained.com, for references, illustrations, and for free access to transcripts of past shows. Please visit Amazon.com to purchase the book, Mexico Unexplained, to get a hard copy of The Magic, The Mysteries, and The Miracles of Mexico. We appreciate your kind attention once again. Until next time, thank you and gracias. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at MexicoUnexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista. 